Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About Public Code, a podcast by the Foundation for Public Code. My name is Alba Rota. My name is Jan Einari. We are both code-based stewards at the Foundation for Public Code, where we work with the communities of the code base that we are helping. Yeah, that's why I wanted to, to start this podcast, uh, to be able to both uh, showcase and learn about the fantastic code-based communities that we come across in our work, and of course, share it with, with the rest of the community. Yeah, and this is the first show in this series of interviews, and we'll come back to these monthly and we'll try to interview interesting people in our communities. Yeah, uh, through this series, we will uh, get to know with the help of our guests, several projects that do our, our work uh, with, with public code, basically. So we define public code as to be both civic code, like policy or regulation, and computer source code, like uh, software and algorithms that are executed in a public context by humans or machines. Yeah, and uh, it's because of this that uh, it serves the public interest that we think it should be both open, legible, accountable, accessible, and of course, sustainable. And every government is going through this digital transformation, but the portion of governments compared to the number of technologies that understand this or the programmers that can help do it, that doesn't really add up. So we want to help this uh, go through this. Yeah, we need to be able to, to work together, right? It's either we work together or, or we give the keys to companies that will set us things. And uh, then they'll keep us in, in their grid, right? So, so we need to learn how to work together. Uh, as a foundation for public code, we are trying to rebuild uh, this uh, collaboration at scale. And with that as a background, let's bring on this first guest in the series. Yeah, today, without further ado, I'm very, very happy to introduce uh, and to talk, of course, uh, to Arnau Monterde. He is a doctor in information society and knowledge by the Open University of Catalonia. And he's the techno policy project coordinator of the research group Communications, Networks and Social Change at the Internet Interdisciplinary Institute since 2011 at the UOC. But last but not least, one of the main reasons why we have thought about him to be here in our first uh, live stream today, it's because he is the coordinator of the code-based Decidim in Barcelona and decidim.org. Uh, so welcome, Arnau. Thanks for inviting me, and it's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, so, likewise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's our pleasure. So with this background, uh, let's just start something simple. Like, what is public code to you? Uh, well, uh, public code is a good way to explain how the public institutions and the public policies uh, should produce uh, software, technologies, and definitely knowledge. Uh, because at the end, technology and the code is knowledge. And I think that um, uh, we should imagine in our digital world and in our digital society how we can push to our governments and to our uh, yes to our societies to create this uh, common based notion of the yeah the, the knowledge and the technology that's uh that i think that's pretty aligned with uh, our thoughts in the foundation for public code right uh uh which reminds me of course uh I think it's a very egocentric, sometimes uh, it might be questioned, but do you know about us? Did you know about the Foundation for Public Code before? Mm, yes, <laughs> I have the pleasure to, to know about the Foundation. 
And actually, uh, the foundation was uh, one of the main guests of our last edition of Decidive Fest, which is our yearly conference, uh, international conference. And, and you were there. And we have been following you from your first steps uh, because we are trying to be close to this initiative to who are trying to, yes, push the government and the society to, to create software in a new way. Not, not just new, but new in the public institutions because uh, public institutions tries, uh, they always um, tend to just have private solutions. And we believe that we have, uh, we need to go further. Yeah. And you're already leading the path here. Can you tell for those listening to this a little bit about what Decidim is and how it's being used today? Uh, yeah, Decidim is a, a platform. It's a platform for uh, to promote any kind of a participatory process or democratic process, civic engagement and citizen engagement, and also yeah, radical democracy process. It's also a free software project with a GPL license and it's a democratic community because we try to have inside and on the basis of the project, the, the democratic governance of that. It's a democratic project for democracy. I'm very curious. We, both of us, uh, uh, Jan and I, we work with communities usually in our daily basis. So uh, I'm very curious to know what is the persona or the, you know, the profile, the, the type of person that, that belongs to your community, Arnau? Yeah, we have a, a, a very diverse community. We have the developers and the different uh, companies and cooperative and uh, projects that are developing and promoting the CDM as a service in different cities, organizations. Mm -hmm. But also we have a lot of uh, public staff people who is inside the institution working with uh, promoting participatory process, participatory budgeting, uh, definition of a strategic plans with citizen participation. And at the end, people who is using the CDM in the, in the public institutions. But also we have a lot of researchers and people interested in citizen participation and the uses of digital technologies to promote the, the, the citizen engagement. We also have tech people, hackers, people from free software communities, etc. Uh, we have like, yeah, kind of diverse universe in, in this sense. And also we have a, a kind of, maybe it's, it's, it's soon to say that, but also we have an international community because we have people from different countries. Actually, the CDM is today in more than 20 countries in the world, and there are more than 150 active instances. Uh, the CDM at the end is a de decentralized service because you, you can run your own platform. And this is why there are uh, the CDMs in, in Mexico, in France, in uh, in the city of Helsinki and uh, different uh, cities around the world. Actually, we received notice from Japan, uh, a community of coders in Japan that they start to use the city just a week ago. Mm. Now that you mentioned the, uh, you said the word diversity, uh, you got me when you said diversity. So I'm curious to, to, yeah, I would like to ask you like, 
you, as you're mentioning, you have a very large and, and diverse community. So how do you manage to talk to, to such different uh, spectrum of people? We actually, we have our own instance of the CDM, which is meta.decidim.org, which is the platform just to manage the, the community. Uh, we have everything in English to ensure that we can talk uh, with other people, not just the people in, in Barcelona with Catalan or Spanish people. And we try to put all the questions related to the governments or the, the management of the, of the project uh, there. Uh, not just for, for transparency, but also to, to engage people to participate actively. For example, if you have questions, we can give you support, but also if you find a bug on the software, you can report through the platform, but also you can open debates about the the government, the governance of the of the community. And also we have like strong discussions about, for example, the democratic implications of new developments, because all the technological developments have political implications. And we all the time are discussing about these implications and if this is uh, well connected with or not the, the social contract of the project. Mm -hmm. That sounds super interesting. And also yeah. with this uh, diverse and large communities, I can expect there's a lot of flow of information going around in the community. Can you, as a coordinator, stay on top of that? It's difficult to stay connected with everything because the, the project ha has a, a lot of layers. And actually, I'm in charge of the, the platform in the city of Barcelona, working for the city. There are a lot of uh, participatory projects and process and actions in the city. And I have to deal not just with the software project, I have to deal also with the city project and other innovation projects that we, we actually we are doing a lot of things here in Barcelona. But this is, I, I'll try also to keep connected with the community and also trying to know about what is happening in the in the in the community, which are the the, the contributions and the, the needs of other partners of the project are creating, and which are the main debates. Actually, we have a, an amazing team of people doing also all of this work of management. Yeah, having the communication with community and leading the all the developing process, and this is why. I'm happy just to be just a part of a, of a group of people doing this kind of work. Maybe I might sound like the alchemist. I want you to give me the recipe for gold here, but uh, I, I think really, really uh, that what you said is really, really important because yeah exactly what you've been saying right like your community has such a big number of people you know that joined from the very beginning uh, uh some of them so my question is more related to yeah how did you get how did you manage to engage these people from the beginning like you i don't know there, there must be something <laughs> actually that the principle for to open the community and to push and promote and create the community was, uh, yeah, was uh, on, on the, uh, it's like the, the first thing that we think when we start the project. We need uh, democratic governance because if we are creating a software and a platform to articulate the democracy, the only way to do it is in a democratic and participated way. 
And this is why we are trying to put a lot of effort to take care about that. This is important because that the software is not just to code, it's how we take care of what is happening with the principles and, and yes, and people and process that we are uh, promoting. And totally. this is why from the beginning we create first in Barcelona physical meetings with people interested with the topics that we were working and also um, basis to discuss different technical aspects and then we have debates around the governance and then we have this yearly meeting that actually this is the fifth edition and yeah to have like moments to have encounters with the people to discuss and to share and to yeah, just to motivate our, motivate ourselves to for for the project for the goals of the project. This is like a lot of uh, that. This is the, the the gas oil, the oil that we need, and that is also engaging the, the the community. And then we have this online communication. Always the online communication is definitely worse than our yearly meetings, but it is a way to have connections. Uh, another important piece is from the beginning we all the code lines coded and created on the project are open from the beginning. All the discussions and all that code is open from the beginning. It was a condition. And this is why we opened the first uh, open repository of, uh, in the city of Barcelona. Uh, this is the Decidim uh, repository on, on GitHub. And also, this is a, a receipt too, because all the, the people who is interested in Decidim uh, can see our history on the, on the process of writing the code. And also the, the discussions on, the, on each issue and each pull request that we have on the, on the code. And this is very important because this is how we create community, discussing and, and involving the people and developers in this kind of uh, discussions. And also, uh, yes, sorry, because I'm, I have a long, a long Go time. ahead, go ahead. <laughs> But also, it's very important that the, the, the layer of participation, because in community, in the community, participate people who is interested in participation, in whose people whose participation, who's participating actively on different decisions. In the city of Barcelona, the city of other organizations, on other cities, and you can arrive to the community from different ways. That's exactly what I was fishing for. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that also touches a little bit. We got a question here uh, on the in the chat. So, how do you manage the balance between individuals that contribute and companies that are contributing on an assignment from the Barcelona municipality or perhaps another municipality or user like Helsinki or something like that, like the individuals versus the companies? Uh, yes, this is a very good question and a very important question. Uh, first of all, uh, we have to uh, say that the, the main part of investment of the project today comes from the city of Barcelona but comes from different companies, okay? And when I'm talking about companies, I'm not just talking about big companies. I'm talking about the startups and, and cooperatives and different uh, types of, of companies. Companies from, from the social economy, uh, developers that have uh, maybe they, they can just as a small group of, uh, of developers. And on this end, from the beginning, and this is a goal of the city, we are trying to create an... Uh, we talk about productive ecosystem, economical ecosystem that we give them the opportunity to develop. And we have like different providers doing this kind of work. 
we start just with one provider, but now maybe we have more than seven, eight or nine uh, companies offering uh, develop, development services of Presidim, which is a way to enrich the, yes, uh, the, the, the contributions. But also we try to push and to receive contributions from individuals. But also we, we receive, uh, at the end, we receive contributions from the people who is using uh, the CDM in different organizations. And we find a lot that the, the individual contributions are minor or comes from uh, or an organization who pay for a specific development of that. And this is the way how we receive uh, new contributions. But also we try to have a kind of a backlog on GitHub to promote yeah new yeah new new developments and also now we are having like two amazing programs one is to promote the the engagement of women coders in the in the code of Decidim and we uh, give a, a grant to developers to be part of the community and we promote the the, the active de development of that and and also we are trying to have people who come from university and people who is beginning with Ruby on Rails and we, which is the, the language, the programming language that, that we use on, on the CD. Yeah, we are, we are trying to also engage them, trying to connect also with the local communities, et cetera, to receive contributions. But at the end, the, the contributions, when we, when we receive contributions, it is because someone needs this feature. Okay. Totally. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, going back to, uh, you mentioned Decidim, and there's also Meta Decidim. Maybe you can explain to uh, our audience what are the differences in between those two and why there was a need to create the second one. Yeah, we, it's, a, it's a tricky name, and it, it uh, sometimes generates a lot of confusion because the, the, the people doesn't exactly know what, what what is what, but it's very easy. Decidim is the platform and the software project, and Meta Decidim is the community. We call it Meta because Decidim in, in Catalan, which uh, means uh, we decide, uh, and Meta Decidim is uh, decide about the decisions because we are deciding how the community uh, is governed. And this is why we call it meta decidim. It's like the meta decision of yeah, some something a bit philosophic, but one of the, <laughs> one of the founders of decidim uh, comes from this world, and it was uh, one of the legacies uh, from him. All right, and, in, and if I understood it correctly, in the association, you can also be a member as an individual. Like, what do you think are driving individual people to become members? Well. Uh, yeah, the, the same that to be part of the community. If you have interest in free software, if you if you have interest in democracy, if you have interest to promote the public code on the public institutions, on the democratization of our society, but also the democratizations, the democratization of our networks, in a moment where we we can see a lot of warnings about what is happening with the with the digital. Uh, if we look, for example, into the, um, the infrastructure layer, uh, we find that everything is private. There's no, it's very difficult to find public uh, internet infrastructure with democratic governance. And if we look into the, also in the, in the software layer, we find the same. We have a lot of 
huge and amazing free software projects, but also in the public institution, we find a lot of dependencies of uh, private solutions that is a it's a it's a problem to uh, maintain and that the, the public institutions with the public of citizens just go to uh, generate dependencies of just one technology where I cannot uh, see the code, cannot reproduce the code, cannot, cannot modify the code, etc. And th this is why uh, we believe that the democracy of our futures of our future is uh, well connected with technologies and we need to build the democratic digital infrastructure for this uh, democratic future. Mm -hmm. You have some uh, some of these contributions or membership, let's say, they are uh, well, they are attached to an uh, economical engagement, let's say that they have to pay like a, a quota, right? So um, yeah, I'm wondering, I don't know, uh, was it easy for you to convince uh, the, your members to, you know, just to give the money? Did you have some money, some problems, I don't know, struggling with, with that decision? Is something that you, a problem that you usually face? Well, the the, the, the Decidim Association is like in its, uh, it was born on the mid of the last year, on, on 2019. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like in its first steps is that we want to have something like other free software projects that, for example, Mozilla was their own foundation or other, the free software foundation, which are uh, an association, a group of people who is trying to take care about the, the principles of the project. And this is why we created the, the association. And just, just we are in the moment to define the, the rules of how uh, the individuals contribute, the, the companies contribute, and how uh, the membership can decide the different aspects of the association, etc. This is why we are just define an initial contribution, economical contribution to the project. But uh, actually, we are like in the yes, it's our first year in the school, and we need like more time to discuss and to work on that, and also to create infrastructure uh, around the the association because is the only way to guarantee the sustainability of the project along the time because we don't want to have the project just linked to one institution which is the city of barcelona we want to yeah to give to give them autonomy to have the yeah to keep alive the, the, the initial spirit of the of the project How do you handle different languages in your community? Because it's obviously like you, you were talking about 20 countries. It cannot be the same language all over. H how are you dealing with that? Yeah, we, are, we have like different plans on that. But actually, we have the CVIM in more than 30 languages today. But when, when you active a new language to your uh, platform, you have to keep it alive in the sense that you every new content, you have to translate it a lot of different times. And actually now, and in, a, in a collaboration with the, uh, yes, with the European Union, we are having a, a system to have automatic translation inside the software. The goal on MetaDecidim and on community is to have active languages if 
if we have people in community who can keep alive these languages. Uh, in the sense that we are open to receive uh, contribution from other languages if we have a local community using this language who has a commitment to to keep alive these languages. Yeah, this is a, an also an, a public offer to receive that. <laughs> For a moment, uh, we we just keep the the English, and it's difficult to us to keep the Catalan and Spanish, which are our main languages. But we are trying to, and this is also related to the uh, human resources of the association to have more people doing this kind of of work to take care about the, the community, the, the languages, and how we can deal with the different languages discussing if we have an international uh, project. Because we don't have to create a border about that, and we don't have to just use English. We want to have more uh, languages active in the in the community. This is a, a goal for the, for the next years. It, it's funny you mentioned this because... Uh... Before this uh, video podcast, uh, Jan and I, well, and the rest of the code base towards uh, team, we were actually discussing this same point, not for Decidim, but for a, a code base that we are working with. It's a Dutch code base. So, uh, yeah, we've been discussing about it. Like, yeah, it's logical for, you know, Dutch people. Of course, they speak Dutch with each other. So should we, you know, push them to use English, which is like the multinational uh, language everyone understands, which is you know, something that it might, it's also compliant with our standard for public code, like the good thing to do or the easy thing to do, you know? So we were discussing about that uh, a bit before, just before this podcast. No, but, but definitely with automatic translation, we want to win a lot. <laughs> yeah, it saves a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, so uh, you're like a obvious... Uh, I would say success in like a Spanish code base, but uh, well, there are some other code bases in Spain that they didn't had the same luck as Decidim. For instance, um, Consul, a uh, one that the very famous um, code base that happened uh, was created in Madrid. So um, I believe you guys were very close to them in the beginning. So uh, yeah, I would like to ask you why did you decide to keep both code bases? Like, aren't they more similar than someone would think? Like, why didn't you just fork it? Uh, actually, we start with a fork of console. We start using console and we create a fork to adapt uh, to the needs of Barcelona. But we modify a lot our fork and we were uh, so we're far away of the initial code of console. And we arrive in a moment that we have a meeting and, hey, guys, we are very in a very different moments but we need to go together but we were in a moment that technically it was very difficult for them and for us to adapt the, all the modifications of our fork also the model uh, the participation model that they had in madrid and that we have in barcelona were different also the architectural needs were different and we arrived in a moment that madrid uh, should rewrite a lot of things and it was impossible for the political timings that they had and it also it was difficult to us to just keep in this direction because we need other architecture for our model and this is why we decide to start from the zero the project with a new model architecture attending our needs and it was like a it was a a, a moment like a divorce but with with love in the same 
Yes, we, we recognize we recognize them and they recognize us and our projects, but it was technically it was very difficult to find a, a solution. It's a pity because it was better to have yes the, the, the same investment on the same uh, technology, but uh, we were in a different moments and and we had different resources on, on, on that moment and yeah, yeah uh, we decided to go to other models. This goes off in a little bit of another direction, but I think it's a very interesting question for the from the audience here. And it's, are there any limits of civilian engagement in legislative process? And if so, can you speak a bit to where you think they are or up until which level of governance? Like sort of how can you as a, a public organization help out in this? Yeah, this is a very political question. Uh, and at the end, here the technology definitely can help also to improve in the process of because when we are doing uh legislation we are creating legislative text uh, and content uh we need or, or maybe in the, the the institution needs this this very technical and specific knowledge uh, because you you need to adapt to the yeah to the to the legal situation of your city or, or your country, etc., and also you you have to uh, to deal with different interests. I, I believe that uh, we as a citizens we should uh, uh, we could influence to all the different la- layers of that, including we could imagine a process of uh, uh, um, a citizen uh, initiative which is promoted by citizen, and after that it is converted in a process to create in a participated way and a new draft of new legislation and and this draft at the end could be voted for everyone in a referendum process and this is uh, this is uh, at the end like the the more democratic way that i can imagine to create legislation at uh, doing from the, from the bottom and do it in a collaborative way and and voted for everyone but to do it in this way, you need like a lot of resources to have a good process of to do that. You need experts and you need citizens and you need resources to liberate time to do this this kind of work because it's a lot of work to create this kind of of process. And also you need to yes, you need to promote yeah the knowledge to do this kind of of, of citizen participation. But definitely, I would say that we can imagine uh, people participating in all the different levels of the, the making decision process and also in, in the legislation process. So interesting. I was also very curious to know something about uh, the CDIM, which is uh, you've been telling us about like the success story, like uh, where did you start from and where are you kind of right now? But um, yeah, I, I'm curious to know also like not those details that maybe are not so nice uh, those details where, I don't know, you guys find yourself sometimes struggling, I don't know, estimations, uh, uh, the backlog, famous backlog, uh, working with different parties, gold reviews, I don't know, anything. What are the, the things where you find time after time there? The first thing I'm talking about public code is uh, the public procurement process. Because we want to create free software and we want to work with different small companies because there there are a lot of amazing knowledge and 
like very knowledge about that the new technologies and that big that big corporates maybe all the time doesn't have the, the, the ability to give you the, the answer that you need to create innovation and you have to invest a lot of time doing super good public procurement to promote this kind of ecosystem that you want to call to uh, work with you in the development process and we find a lot of yeah a lot of problems doing that and also it's not agile in in software we are trying also to use agile methodologies but the times on on public procurement are like so slow and you need a lot of different steps and it's anti-agile and you have to deal with that and you have to put a lot of uh, imagination and intelligence and effort because it's a lot of effort and it's not a very welcome <laughs> yeah, work because it's a hard work and it's a work that no one wants to do. But you have to do if you want to have this in the public institutions. You have to do. And this is, this is just a work for for yes to to be there and to to insist and to to review and review and 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 at the end you have a different public contract that you that you want to have but then uh also yeah we we deal also with the yeah with these these questions about the how for example we have our product team which decides that the new filters about the, the software we have a, a core group of people and a lot of people think that this is like the power and this is where the, we are deciding everything. And at the end is where we work more at doing the, the reviews and the contributions of the community and, uh, and doing the refinements and doing the, all these uh, hard tasks of the product team that, that are also very difficult tasks. And, also, the people believe that this is just a stay there in a in a in a in your place, deciding this is okay and this is out. And at the end, with a small project, we are just a group, a small group of people. And at the end, we have to to work and decide everything. But also, just to say good things, it's very important that the human and the, the people that we are on the project, we are a lot of human quality and a lot a lot of human. Yes, the the lovely people and they put a lot of effort and this is not just a, a work. For example, the, the people who is involved from the beginning in the project is like uh, giving everything for because they believe on the the project. It is more than just a work or or a, a, a specific project for a moment. It's like a long life project. We talk about long life project because it's. You live on that, and and you are doing something that you uh, really like it, and also you really believe on it. That this it, can be an important contribution to our society. I, I'm finished with the book. I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, and building on the on the good things and also the learnings you have from the difficulties. What do you think is in the future for Desidim? Where are you going next? We are building. Yeah, we are actually we are having like a, a moment that we are, for example, we are investing a lot of development on 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 electronic voting system because we believe that it's important to have it with cryptography inside the software because at the end the the electronic voting system is a very expensive, but also if we have a 
uh, free software solution integrated to the main software project of Decidim. It's gonna facilitate to, for example, in organizations or small cities to have process to decide things in a, in a using electronic uh, voting system. And when well, you say electronic voting, are you th thinking about actually citizens electing politicians? For example, yes, it could be a, a use case. It, it, right. it, it could be. But but just when we are testing that, we can decide a lot of things before to do that. But actually, in 21st century, why we cannot do it in this way? The weird is that we today we still cannot vote from our home. Why? <laughs> and why, if, if I can vote from home, I could vote more things that, just every four years, which is a way to, yes, to, to have a, a poor democracy. But also, we, are, we believe that we can, uh, we want to invest a lot of effort to take care of the community and to improve the community and to, to grow the, the, the association and to have like more more capacity to create a, a project uh, sustainable. And also we have a lot of development plans. We are investing a lot of uh, effort on improve the, the UX and to have that application that, that for, for mobile and yeah, uh, rewrite uh, different aspects of the, of the software. And also, uh, yes, to take care also about the, the the, the extension, the having this international community and discussing them. I see Felix Fassen is uh, making some questions here. So let's go for the first one. So uh, he asks, how is maintenance and support around the CDIM organized in Barcelona? Well, actually, we have a, a core team here that is doing all the yeah the, the maintenance of, of the, the instance on, on of the city and also uh, yes the the servers and the, the different services because we have more than one instance in Barcelona. In Barcelona, we have the main instance which is the city in that Barcelona with more than forty five thousand people there, uh, which is a, a good number, uh, and we are like trying to engage the, the active community of, of citizens uh, participating in a different ways on, on that. But also we offer the SIM as a service for the organizations, for example, NGOs and social organizations where we offer them uh, an instance of the SIDIM to have democratic governance inside their own organization. For example, for organizations of neighborhoods or uh, yes, NGOs, federations, cooperatives, etc. And they have just to ask for this service and we give them uh, an instance in a public service for two years and maybe for more time if they want to, if they re require. And how does that work like when this kind of SaaS uh, service, uh, do you like do you give do you have it like written down like okay we're gonna do this this and this and you're gonna do this this and that like we're gonna do the onboarding we're gonna offer the server do you have like on paper what what are you doing each of you yeah we we have a kind of agreement 
we signed an agreement with the different organizations and every part has its commitments okay and we we are giving them support and we train them to administrate the cdm and also we uh, we do the maintenance of, of the infrastructure and they have the commitment to use it in a democratic way and also the most important thing is to use it for their own organization and also sure. we we try to uh, receive from them uh, contributions to the community we we invite them to participate in the in the community events or to participate reporting uh, improvements on the on the platform of the community etc so interesting Jan, do you want to make like the last question of Felix maybe yes so it's it's tangent on uh, what we just talked and it's a little bit wider in scope like if you have any experience around working with the commercial vendors offering support and service level agreements around open source software, like in general, but probably mostly for Decidim, both in Barcelona, but perhaps also if you have seen anything from other places where they are using this. Yes, here, yeah, the, 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 main, the main important thing, because we, we have been seeing how the, the, the ecosystem of different yeah, vendors uh, growth during these last three years. This is amazing because sometimes it's just a commercial interest. To I know about Ruby on Rails and I want to offer these services because it's so easy to install the CD. My I can manage it uh, easily, and on this way we we create a kind of the, the the culture of free software because when we hire them, uh, we they have to use GitHub and they have to develop in an open way and they have to uh, learn our methodologies and they have to work with the community and we push them to have a new way to work. And this is why we are pushing. And this is, this is our experience with different companies in, in France or, in, for example, in the, in the city of Helsinki, we are working with different developers. And this is amazing how we have been building this this way to work in a cooperative way with using the, 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 the community and the community principles. And they are companies and they have obviously commercial interests, but they are promoting free software, they are promoting democracy, and they are trying to uh, adapt to the social contract of the project, which are our, our main constitution, our principle for, uh, to have a democrat democratic software. That, that would... sounds quite important. Can you, do you want to develop that a little bit? Like your main principle? Yeah, we have like just a list of principles you will find in investing.org in the social contract section, which is maybe to have uh, when you are having a, a development process, but also a participatory process to have transparency, traceability, which means that traceability is that uh, transparency along the time, because we want to know what happened in every step of participatory process, and also the principle of integrity, with, which means that we, as a management of the platform or as an institution, we, gonna, we cannot manipulate and transform the original content. And this is why we have control versions, and we try to impress the, the principles in the code. But also we have the, the, the principle of privacy and the principle of security. We have to defend the personal data of the users. And this is why we try to collect the minimum personal information and to save it 
super well protected and we cannot use this data to any commercial use etc and also we have the principle to have a yeah to have a democratic quality to have accessibility to have information to when we are having participation to ensure that anyone can participate basically it will be this the, the main <laughs> the main point of our social contract and also yeah, and also definitely the, the open to collaboration that the the principle for the community that yeah, you have to be able to participate whenever you want of course um collaboration is also very important for us so uh as um yeah, code-based stewards for uh, public code projects. Um, I would like to ask you if you would recommend any, you know, similar project maybe as the CDIM. Maybe it doesn't have to do, let's say, with uh, democratic and uh, democratic participatory of, of uh, uh, citizens, but maybe any other project that you might know with uh, that uses public code, would you like to recommend? Yeah, I, I would like to recommend maybe because we are in a moment that we integrate the, the CDM with, we are trying to integrate the, uh, the CDM with different uh, services and softwares. And also we are free from private solutions and we are trying to use the, the free software solutions. And also, for example, now we are created an integration and easy integration with the, the Jitsi the, for the video conferences. Also, Etherpad, which is a collaborative way to, to write a text and we have this integration and also we use um, Atomo for the analytics and also we use OpenStreetMap for all the, the maps that we have. This is our, like our, this is not, <laughs> yeah, this is not our partners because we doesn't work together, but all of them are inside of our project. And also I would say, yes, now that we are very worried about what happens with the online education, I really recommend uh, the work that is doing Moodle, which is a, an amazing uh, free software project. And I believe that the public uh, should contribute to to promote and improve and yeah, uh, and guarantee that this kind of projects has funds for, yeah, to ensure that we have a, a free software digital society. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We'll see if we can get anything of this on. I think some of them are actually working with public organizations, so it might be interesting. If people want to get in contact with you after this, where can they find you? uh this easy you you can write to me in arnau arroba.decidim.org uh, but also in decidim.org you will find all uh, our contact in decidim.org our contact information and we have demos and we have a lot of information and a lot of documentation available and yes uh, you can ask later whatever you need well I don't know, guys, but uh, this sounds like a wrap for me, more or less. Uh, before that, I would like to say, because we didn't say it before, if you liked the music from the intro, our colleague Felix Fassen, he's also a great musician. He composed it himself. So uh, kudos, Felix, for that. And uh, yeah, uh, without uh, further ado, I'd like to thank you, Arnau, for, for making the time to, to come on here on, on our first episode. Yep. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you. you Thanks much. a lot. Thank thanks. you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to have this conversation. And thanks for the work that you are doing and to promote this, uh, this kind of projects. Great. The audio version of this will be out tomorrow evening and you can subscribe to the podcast at podcast.publiccode.net. Or as the cool kids say, 
uh, nowadays you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, instead if you prefer the video format. And we'll be back in about a month. So if you want to engage in a more interactive sessions, you can join us in our community calls, which you can sign up in the link in the footer in our website about publiccode.net. Yeah, thank you also all of you who have been there during all the podcast. Uh, thanks a lot to the live stream, sorry. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Bye. Bye.